بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمد رسول الکریم اما بات الحمد للہ ٹائٹ از دا ٹوینٹی سیکنڈ آف آگسٹ ان دا ایئر ٹو تھاؤزنڈ اینڈ ٹوینٹی تھری الحمد للہ اسٹینڈنگ the sublime station of our beloved messenger and the last thing I mentioned was the very important distinction that the believers must differentiate between the human form and the essence of our beloved messenger and prophets for otherwise what is the difference between ourselves shaitan and the unbelievers. With regards to sending salah upon anyone, then this is thus reserved for the messengers and prophets. So what do I mean salah? When you send blessings, when you say, alayhi salatu wa salam. So why should that be reserved only for the prophets and messengers? The noble companions, radiyallahu ta'ala anhu, would often be seen instructing others with regards to the unique status of the august holy prophets for instance sayyidina abdullah ibn abbas he said la tusallu ala ahadin illa ala nabiyya do not send salah i blessings except on prophets وَلَكِنْ يُدْعَى لِلْمُسْلِمِينَ وَالْمُسْلِمَاتِ بِالْأَسْتَغْفَارِ Would rather seek the forgiveness for the Muslim men and women. This is recorded by Hafiz Ismail Qadi in his Fadl Salat al-Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And Shaykh al-Bani stated Sahih in his Fadl Salat al-Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, number 75. So here the cousin of the Prophet وسلم, one of the August Ahlul Bayt, Abdullah ibn Abbas, he said, don't send salat except on prophets. So we don't use logic. We don't start saying, well, what harm is there if I send salat upon so-and-so? The response is, is he a prophet? And if the answer is no, then you should not send salah. Who said that? Abdullah ibn Abbas. <laughs> then he said, rather seek the forgiveness for the Muslim men and women. So what's the title we give? Rahmatullah <laughs> May Allah subhanahu wa have mercy upon them. Why is this command in place? A clear distinction needs to be made between a prophet and a non-prophet no matter how highly venerated he or she may be nobody can equate to a prophet this is the whole point of this divine command otherwise the shaitan the accursed may dupe one into elevating a non-prophet to a status to that of a divinely appointed prophet or even higher as in the case of the misguided Rawafid. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forbid. So think about that. 
the Ahlu Sunnah wal Jama'ah, they state that the highest ranked human beings are the prophets and messengers. The Rawafi don't agree with that. Because the only one who is the greatest is the Prophet After the Prophet is the 12 Imams. So who are the 12 Imams? Ali. So our response is, he's not a Prophet. How have you elevated him above a Prophet? And what do they say when they mention his name? They go, Alayhi Salatu Wasalam. So note, because of the violation of this divine command, non-prophets have been elevated, not just to the status of a prophet, even greater. Imam Mahdi, they say, is the last of the 12 Imams. So what do they say? Alayhi Salatu Wasalam. So our ulama said, we shouldn't say that. Because this is reserved for the prophets. <laughs> Imam Mahdi, he's not a prophet. So note, these phrases are very important to understand who are entitled to them and who are not. And no non-prophet is entitled to it. So people query, they go, well, what about Maryam? People say, Maryam salatu The reason they say that is because there is some difference with regards to it. Some say she was a prophet, though it's not the majority view. So, no problem. If there's even a slight difference of opinion, no harm at all in saying this. Look, man, most say he's not a prophet, but there is a view. So we say, alayhi salatu wa salam. So it's important that this phrase be used only for the prophets, alayhi salatu wa salam. Indeed, no other than our beloved messenger himself instructed, sallallahu alayhi salam. Send salat upon the prophets and messengers. For indeed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has sent them as he has sent me. This is in Tabarani, Behaki in Shu'ab al-Iman. And Shaykh al-Bani rahmatullahi stated Hassan in Sahih al-Jamin number 3782. Did the prophet mention anybody else? So if you say I don't see any harm in using that affectionate phrase, for the family of the Prophet. So our response to that is, did the Prophet say that? He said, the Prophets and Messengers, why have you included the Ahlul Bayt? Because what's wrong with it? What's wrong with it? Look at the Rawafid, right? You go against the Divine Command, you might end up with a different belief. And similarly, Sayyidina Wa'il ibn Hujr, he relates that our beloved Messenger said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, when you mention me, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, also sent salat upon the prophets, alayhi salatu wasalam, for they have been sent just as I have been sent. This is in Ibn Asakil, Ashashi, and Shaykh al-Bani rahmatullahi stated Hassan in Sahih al-Jabi number 3781. So this is important. So now the command is salah. So why do we say salah? So somebody goes, you know, Alayhi salat. Why don't we stop there? Why do we say Alayhi salatu wa salam? So why do we say salam with the salah? Anybody have any knowledge of this? So obviously we do say it. We say Alayhi salatu wa salam. The Prophet's hadith, if you were hearing correctly, was only salah. Where is salam coming from? So why do we say salam as well? When you're hearing the holy prophets and messengers, Alayhi salatu wa salam's name. So if somebody queried you on that, 
and you don't know how things. Think about that. You're doing something without knowledge. What? Is it to do with uh, what the Prophet said about uh, as you did for Ibrahim, Salam, the blessing side, as you bless the project? Okay, but what about all the uh, the rest of the prophets? It's not just for Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam's lineage. Before him. No, you're right. But before Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam, they were, you know, and the response is, it's in the Quran. What does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun. What's the next verse? Wa salamun al mursaleen. Peace be upon the messengers. Alhamdulillah rabbil alameen. The Quran mentions the salam. Rasulullah mentions salah. They're two different things. So one of the errors that people make when they mention the Holy Prophet's names is they say, alayhi salam. Musa alayhi salam. Isa alayhi salam. That's better than not saying anything. So let's get that sorted first. If you say it, that's better than not saying anything. However, you haven't completed it. Musa alayhi salatu wassalam. Isa alayhi salatu wassalam. Salat first, then salam. Why don't we say that for the Prophet sallallahu alayhi salam? Because we're saying both in that glorious phrase. Sallallahu, that's the salat. Alayhi wasallam. You're saying it. You can say alayhi salatu wasalam as well for the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. No problem. Can you say sallallahu alayhi wasallam for the other prophets? You can. In fact, there's a very interesting report. The hadith is in Bukhari, <laughs> which is shocking. In Sayyid Bukhari, Rasulullah himself said, think about this. Rasulullah himself said, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, Jibreel sallallahu alayhi wasallam revealed to me. So what did Rasulullah say about Jibreel? He used the same phrase, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. One of the scholars said, I've read this report so many times that I didn't realize that the Prophet said that. Because just for some reason I missed that. So why did the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam use that honorific phrase for Jibreel? Because you can say for the angels as well. Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. However, because Rasulullah is unique, more scholars say you should reserve that for the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. But there's no harm. Now there's another point. Mufti Shafi, Rahmatullah, he said in Bayan al-Quran, Marif al-Quran, volume 4, page 461 of the English translation, Muslim jurists, Rahimuhumullah, they say, one should now not pray for anyone using the word salah. Instead, the use of this word should be limited to prophets, alayhi salatu wa salam, to avoid any ambiguousness or doubt. Mm. So Mufti Shafi, he's an authority. He goes, the scholars, so he's talking about the great scholars. They say, don't use that phrase except for the prophets because you may cause doubt to the ignoramuses. His learned son, Mufti Taki Uthmani, he added something very interesting. In Marif al-Quran, volume 4, page 461 of the English translation. However, it is permissible to use this word for others in conjunction with a prophet. <coughs> it is therefore allowed to say, Allahumma salli ala Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa ashabihi. O Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, send your salat upon Muhammad وسلم, and his family and his companions. So Mufti Taki, again, 
he added something to his father's clarification. He goes, you could add that if you're adding it to a prophet. Mm. So what do we say at the end of the dua? وَصَلَّ اللَّهُ عَلَىٰ خَيْرِ وَأَصْحَابِهِ أَجْمَعِينَ We don't even know what dua we make. Oh, finally woke up. So you're sending salat upon who? The Prophet His family and his minute. You just said you can't send salat upon anybody who's not a Prophet. So Mufti Shafi said, uh, Mufti Taki Uthmani said, if you combine with the Prophet, then you can. So you can't isolate a Sahaba. You can't isolate a family of the Prophet. It's in combination. There's no problem. With regards to the family of Rasulullah, he, he enjoined. The one who desires to have blessings in his life and wants Allah the Almighty to grant him benefit from the bounty that he has bestowed upon him, then it is necessary upon him to treat my Ahlul Bayt well after me. Indeed, may blessings depart from the lifespan of the one who does not do this. And may he come before me, sallallahu alayhi wa on the day of judgment, with a blackened face. Astaghfirullah. This is in Kanzul Umal, number 34,166, or volume 12, page 46. So let's look at this. So what did our beloved messenger say, sallallahu alayhi wa And who of us does not want this? If somebody says, would you like your life to be blessed? Of course. Would you like that Allah Ta'ala lets you benefit from the blessings He's given you? So think about this, very interesting. Sometimes you're given a blessing, but you don't use it correctly. So that's not actually a blessing now. So the Prophet said, Allah Ta'ala blesses you and you use that blessing correctly. He goes, then it is necessary upon you to treat my family well after me. To love my family, to respect my family. Then what did he say? The opposite. May the blessings depart from the life who does not do this. May he come to me on the day of judgment with a blackened face. May he be disgraced. So what's interesting, we have to love, venerate and honor the Ahlul Bayt. There's no doubt about that. But honoring them doesn't mean making things up. Now the Lawafid do. So they go, look, Ali alayhi salatu was salam. No. He goes, oh, you're going to get a black face. Right? He goes, I don't know about that. Right? Honoring them means speaking truthfully about them, not violating the divine commands. Just because I'm not using that phrase doesn't mean I don't love him. Right? You love somebody, you speak truthfully about them. In fact, they will be offended by that because you're going against the command of the Prophet. So so now another look how interesting. You can go on and on. Some object to this. Restricting Salat only on the prophets and messengers. So some say, no, 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 you made a mistake. Okay, what's your argument? Because you can send Salat upon other than prophets. Where's your proof? Because the Quran. Because, okay, what verse? Surah Tawbah, Surah 9, verse 103. Allah the Almighty and Glorious, He says, Take 
take out of their wealth sadaqah through which you may cleanse and purify them invoke salat upon them for your salah is a reassurance for them and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is hearing the knowing because the Quran is a proof against you so he goes okay let's look at this verse what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say take out of their wealth sadaqah referring to zakat take their zakat and this will cleanse and purify them then what did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say وَصَلِّ عَلَيْهِمْ Send salat upon them. So if anybody gave zakat to the Prophet Rasulullah was duty bound to send salat upon them. Then Allah Ta'ala explains why. إِنَّ صَلَاتَكَ سَقَنُ لَهُمْ Your salat is a, is a reassurance for them. It, because it pleases them. So the response here is you can't send salat upon a non-prophet. <laughs> Rasulullah was told to do that in the Quran. Mm-hmm. Then they call a hadith to back this further. In Sahih Bukhari, number 1498, Sahih Muslim, number 1078, Hafiz ibn Hajar Asqalani in his Al-Isab of uh, page 478 of the New English Translation, Abdullah ibn Abi Awfa, radiyallahu, he relates, Rasulullah used to supplicate for those that brought their sadaqah by saying, O oh Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, send salat upon the family of so-and-so. Those when my father, Abi Awfa, radiyallahu, took his sadaqah to him, Rasulullah said, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Allahumma salli ala ali Abi Awfa. O oh Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, send salat upon the family of Abi Awfa. So they say, the Quran says you can send salat upon a non-prophet. And the flawless hadith in Bukhari and Muslim says, you can send salat upon a non-prophet. Not only a non-prophet, a whole family. So first of all, who was this sahab? Hafiz ibn Hajar Asqalani, in his Al-Isaba, page 478 of the New English Translation, he stated about Abdullah ibn Abi Awfa, radiyallahu anhu. His kunyat was Abu Muawiyah. He gave the Pledge of Allegiance underneath the tree. He witnessed Hudaybiyah and the Battle of Khaybar. Abdullah remained in al Madina until the passing away of Rasulullah. Then later moved to Kufa. He lost his eyesight during the latter stages of his life. Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Abi Awfa was the last companion to pass away in Kufa in the year 87 AH. So look, let's look at some of these details. So Rasulullah made a dua for him and his family. Was that dua answered? He was the last Sahaba to die in Kufa. <coughs> so obviously the dua got answered. He was a companion who embraced Islam towards the end of the Prophet's life. So again, he has his maqam. So now, isn't this a proof that we can send Salat upon a non-Prophet? This is restricted ruling. This is a restricted ruling applicable only to the head of state. <laughs> Mufti Shafi Rahmatullah, he explained. This is also in Qurtubi in his tafsir, Ma'rifu Quran, volume 4, page 461 of the English translation. 
here we see Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa has been asked to pray for those who give sadaqah. On this basis, some Muslim jurists, rahimahumullah, they rule it is wajib, it is necessary for the Muslim head of state to pray for those who give sadaqah. However, others take this command to be of a recommendatory nature. Refer also to Fattal Baris 3-362. So, classic failing. You've quoted Revelation, you misunderstood it. How common is that failing? You leave the scholars out of the equation, you're going to end up making a mistake. So, yes, you quoted the verse correctly. Yes, you quoted Bukhari and Muslim correctly. What was your error? You gave a ruling. Who gave that ruling? Who said you can send salat upon non-prophets? Well, the Quran and Hadith is clear. That's the classic sign that you misguided. You turn to the ulama, what do they say? This is a restricted ruling. It's not for everybody. In fact, it's for one person. Who is it for? The head of state. The Amir al-Mu'mineen. Some scholars say, wajib upon him. He has to do that. Oh Allah, send salat upon so-and-so and his family. Other scholars said, no, it's not wajib. It's still a good thing to do. You made it universal. <laughs> so there's the error. How beautiful, therefore, were the words of our beloved messenger's cousin. So just to reiterate, Abdullah ibn Abbas, he said, only upon the prophets and messengers. So that's universal. Right? So that's clear. And what makes it even more weighty is from Ahlul Bayt. Abdullah ibn Abbas is Ahlul Bayt. He knows about the family of the Prophet. So by him making that statement, he's taken himself out of the equation. That shows how sincere he was. Why? Because wouldn't you want people to have a special place for you? When they mention your name, alayhi salatu wasalam, he goes, No, even though I'm Ahlul Bayt, don't do it. It's only for the Prophets and Messengers. Question a person goes, Well, why you make, why? Discussing a whole session on this for it's only a small thing. It's not a small thing. Because all those deviants who use it for non-profits, they've deviated. You know, like my dad, Rahmatullah, used to say, Flanke alayhi salam, Tinkle alayhi salam. Because everybody's alayhi salam. Right? In Pushto. And I was young at the time, I thought, what's my dad saying that for? He's everybody's alayhi salam now. Flanke alayhi salam, so-and-so alayhi salam, everybody's alayhi salam. So what's happened? You've diminished the maqam of the prophets. <laughs> but if you only use it for the prophets and messengers, a person realizes this is unique. They must be unique. And what baffles me, for the life of me, I've never understood, they've elevated non-prophets above prophets. You know, if you'd say a non-prophet is equal to a prophet, that's, that's blasphemy. They've gone one step further. You go... So Ali, radiyallahu is he equal to the prophets? And this is what the Rawafid say. No. He goes, oh, alhamdulillah. They're on, they're on the same page as us. Then they say, he's greater than the prophets, except Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa So is he greater than Ibrahim, alayhi salatu wa Yes. That's what they say. They don't even you know, bat an eyelid. So when they're reading the Quran, have they got veneration? Every other page that Allah mentions the Prophet, to them it's like, get the Imams out, let's talk about them. They're greater. <laughs> Where have they ended up with this fallacious belief? They're saying, alayhi salatu wasalam. There's the sign. 
Right? So note again, you have to be very careful. It's not a sign of love to speak ignorantly about a person. And of course, when there's text, we humble ourselves. How beautiful were the words of our beloved messenger's cousin, Abu Sufyan ibn al-Harith, who said of him by way of praise and grief upon his tragic passing, and never, we never saw his like amongst the living. And there is none now who is equal amongst the dead. This is recorded by Hafiz Zahabi in his Seer, volume 3, page 129, Al Bidayah. So let's look at this. So Abu Sufyan ibn al-Harith, he was the cousin of Rasulullah. How? Al-Harith was Rasulullah's uncle. Rasulullah had many paternal uncles. One of them was Al-Harith. Al-Harith was actually the eldest. He was actually the eldest uncle of the Prophet, the eldest of the brothers. He was the one with Abdul Muttalib when he found Zamzam. He's the only one. His son, is called Abu Sufyan, not the one who's more famously Abu Sufyan. They've got the same name. But his name is Abu Sufyan ibn al-Harith, the cousin of the Prophet. Don't confuse it. So Abu Sufyan ibn al-Harith, he actually embraced Islam very late. And he used to use poetry against Rasulullah. And he heard the Prophet. So think about that. He was his cousin. So you're thinking, okay, he doesn't believe in his cousin. But surely that blood tie will stop him from speaking ill. He was actually very, you know, vicious in the way he's, you know, he used his poetry. He was caught in the battle of Badr on the unbeliever side. He was ransomed, he was freed. And he still caused grief. Imagine, after the Surah graciously, you know, ransomed him. So anyway, to quote a long narration short, he eventually embraced Islam. Now look at the change. <laughs> he's using poetry. What did he say? We never saw his like amongst the living. And there is none now who is equal amongst the dead. In other words, whether he was alive or whether he's tasted death, there's nobody like him. So this is what he said when, the, when he passed away. He was so upset. Why? Because obviously he wanted to spend more time with his cousin Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. As one poet also beautifully versified, your character is great and beautiful your creation. By your creator, you had and will have no imitation. <laughs> your character is great and beautiful your creation. By your creator, you had and will have no imitation. <laughs> so this is all out of love. The scholars were doing this. these verses i.e. describing the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa and not the common theme. He was unique sallallahu alayhi wa So all I mentioned today was basically the important ruling that we only send salah upon the Prophets alayhi salatu wasalam and messengers and this is not logic. This is text from the family of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa and in fact it was a direct command of Rasulullah as well. Salam is mentioned in the Quran. <laughs> and why is that command there? To protect you from slipping, from showing disrespect to any prophets and messengers to put them on the hallowed pedestal that they've been put by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
And the proof is in the pudding. Look at the rawafit. Everybody is alayhi salatu wa salam. And then I mentioned the important ruling that, yes, this, there's a unique ruling for the head of state when zakat is given. Allah Ta'ala commanded that to the Prophet in the Quran, and of course the Prophet executed it. But this is only for the head of state, not to be used as a proof that you can send salat upon non-prophets. And then of course, I mentioned a bit of poetry, which the, scholar, uh, the righteous have mentioned. Are there any questions you want to ask? Subhanallah bihamdi ismanaka Allahumma bihamdika ashhadu la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayka wa atubu ilayka min shirri anfusina rabbika rabbil izati amma yasifun salamun alayhi wa sallam alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin bismillahir rahmanir rahim wal asr min sanati khusr alladhina amanu wa 'amilus salihati wa asbihu al-haqq wa asbihu as-sabr subhanallah